Yo, what is up guys? Thank you for joining me on Christian Universe Podcast. This week I am going to be talking about power to stand against Satan. It's actually the third part of what I talked about last week, which was power to to preach the gospel in episode 7 February 9th I talked about power of the tongue so I hope you guys are enjoying this series as I said last week this is a series that honestly I was unaware that I wanted to make a series but after dwelling on the thought of it I was like I have to make this a series so I'm calling it the power to series all right or the power we hold if you find the power too a little too weird or astronomical as i like to say um so today we're going to be talking about standing firm in spiritual warfare or the power to stand against satan before we get started let us pray and invite god the heavenly gracious father and thank you for waking us up this morning God, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your not for the knowledge that you have shared with us, dear God. Dear God, I want you to take control of my tongue, my actions, my thoughts, dear God. Protect those that are on the road listening to this, that are in their homes listening to this. Wherever they are, protect them as Bless us and keep us. In Jesus' precious name, I do prayer thanksgiving. Amen. And amen. Because I also want to come back to you and tell you, help us to not only listen to this episode, but to put it into practice. And I, and I don't say it enough on any of the pod episodes, but Lord, help us in everything. Amen. And amen. So, let's get straight into it. All right? There are three categories that I have split this into. Category one is that as believers, in order to stand firm, we must prepare. Category number two is that as believers to stand firm, we must know the enemy. And category number three, as believers, in order to stand firm, we must know how to fight. So, the texts or texts that we'll be focused on in this series is pretty simple. It's one text from Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. And I'm going to read it and I'll bring snippets of it as we go along. But I'm going to read the whole text for you guys. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Period. I know it sounds like there's more and there probably is, but I want to focus on. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. Okay. All right, so we're going to start off with that first part. Believers stand firm by being prepared. The, the part of that verse that we're going to focus on is Ephesians 6, 10 to 11, where it says, Finally, be strong in, his, in the mighty power of his... Sorry, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. But I'm just going to cut off that last part where it says so that you may so that you will be able. I'm just going to focus on finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So. I talked about us being prepared. 
but let's 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 put this into practical war terms, right? Okay, let's bring it even better. Ukraine and Russia are in a war right now. I'm not gonna get into the politics politic side of it, but say you're on one of the sides. We know for sure that they don't just go out into battle. They plan. They prepare. Okay? So, first things first, they go through rigorous training. Where that rigorous training discloses their weaknesses. And I'm going to stop there before I continue on. The first step in being prepared for a spiritual warfare, as much as a physical warfare out here in the world, is that we need to recognize our weakness. So, if we don't recognize our weaknesses for battle, we cannot put on God's strength. Therefore, therefore, to prepare us for a lifetime of battle, God often allows us to go through pain and trials and failure just to show us our weaknesses. Often, trials are meant to reveal our weaknesses so that we can see our need for the power, for God's power and character more. Just as in real life, once we see our weaknesses, we realize that we need help from a source other than ourselves. Which is where we become dependent on our other soldiers. So, but the only difference between a real battle and our spiritual warfare, we cannot rely or be dependent on other believers we need to be dependent on God Jesus Christ so again in Ephesians 6 10 it says roughly translated to find your strength in God the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, which translates to find your strength in God. All right. So we need to depend on God to stand in this battle. Sadly, too many of us Christians are independent. You, you see, we lack the desire to read the Bible, maybe to pray. And even sometimes to fellowship with our fellow believers. But why is this so common? Well, it's a pretty simple answer. It's because we're too independent. We believe that we can make it on our own. However, this is the complete opposite from the truth. We can do nothing without Christ. We're like sheep without a shepherd. We're like branches apart from the vine. I'm so sorry about that um, thing. I accidentally hit the mic. All right. John 15 verse 5 states, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, you will bear much fruit apart from me and you will do nothing. And that's a great example of what Jesus is saying because you cut off a leaf or a branch from a tree, that branch will eventually die. Whether it has fruit on it before it was cut off or not, it will eventually die because it is not getting any nutrients. It is not getting any malnourishment. Or Sorry, not malnourishment. It's not getting nourished. It's getting the sunlight. When it rains, it's getting the rain. But it is not getting the nutrients. So, we need to be dependent on God because He is the root or the tree, and we're just mere branches hanging off. The only problem is that. We like to break off from that tree and try to start our own tree. 
And for a while, it might seem like the tree is prospering and growing. But then eventually, the tree dies. The roots wither. Because it never had that strong foundation. And then the only difference between a tree, a real tree and us is that we can connect, we can reconnect to the source. A tree, once it's broken off, it's broken off. Which is why at the end of that verse, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart, a tree apart from, a branch apart from the tree can do nothing. It is useless. It is a piece of trash. So back to the analogy of a real war have you ever seen a soldier undisciplined now I'm not going to answer that because that's something I want you guys on YouTube to tell me if you can find some way to let me know on Spotify or on Anchor or on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts wherever you are listening to if you can find a way to tell me have you ever seen a soldier undisciplined? When I get you guys' comments, I'll let you guys know that I've seen them. But to get back to the point, we must be disciplined. Whether you have seen one undisciplined or not, we must be disciplined. The present tense of the verb, be strong, means that it is not a once and for all event. Be strong, but a consistent strengthening with God. The implication of this is that we need discipline. If it were a one-time event, we couldn't we could stop working, but it's not. We need to continue to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Discipline is not only necessary to be empowered by God, but also to put on his character, his armor. As first Timothy verse four, chapter four, verse seven says, discipline yourself unto godliness. Or it can also be translated to exercise yourself unto godliness. We need to practice spiritual disciplines. Some examples is prayer. Reading your Bible, fellowshipping with others, serving others, giving to others. And we don't need to do this once in our life or once a year, once a month. We need to be doing this daily. And by doing it daily, we can become holy. The Christian with a poor spirit... A poor spiritual discipline is like a soldier without discipline. They are unprepared. And therefore, they are the most vulnerable in battle. And next one that you always see in the captain's tent or the lieutenant's tent when they are preparing. You always see a map. You always see all these documents. You always see a peg, um, some push pins or thumb thumbtacks. You always see this. Why? Because they are being thorough. Which leads me to the fourth point of being prepared. We must be thorough. Paul says, "Put on the full armor of God." He didn't say, "Put on part." Of the armor of God he said put on the full armor of God partial preparation will not do it if there are any chunks kinks in your armor which symbolizes our character that is exactly where the enemy will attack he'll attack those vulnerabilities if we commonly struggle with unforgiveness maybe lust maybe anger or even self or even lack of self-control, the enemy will attack in those areas. We must be thorough in battle. In physical war, little compromises can get someone captured or kill, killed. And it is the same in spiritual warfare. 
We must consistently repent of our sins and seek to get right with God. We must be thorough, putting on the full armor of God. If we are going to stand in this battle, we must be prepared by knowing our weaknesses, depending on God, getting disciplined, getting thorough, being thorough. And that brings me to the first section, to the end of the first section of we need to be prepared. Now, section number two, as believers, in order to stand firm, we must know our enemy. First things first, let's define the enemy. The enemy is Satan, the devil. All right. Now for the verse, now for the verses that we're going to focus on is the other half of Ephesians 6 verse 11 all the way to verses 12. It says, "Put on the full put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes." For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. You know, if you didn't know this, a crucial part of every army is the intelligence branch. I like to call them the spy branch because they spying on people. That's how they figure out their intelligence. But a crucial part of every army is the intelligence branch. These are the people that work in intel to gather information about the enemy so that the army can be equipped and prepared. As I just read in Ephesians 6, verse 11 to 12, Paul gives intel about our enemy so that we can be equipped to stand firm in this war. Paul mentions the devil's schemes. The word schemes in Greek is known as meth... Well, sorry. The word scheme in Greek is methoda for which we get the English word method. It carries the idea of craftiness, cunning, deception. It was used of a wild animal who cunningly stalked and then unexpectedly pounced or pounced on its prey. Satan's evil schemes are built around stealth and deception. So, let's check out some of his schemes. Let's check out some of the devil's methods for attacking us. One method that he uses is accusation. The name devil, it literally means accuser. So, naturally, one of the devil's primary tactics, primary tactics is to accuse us as believers, to condemn us. He Now he doesn't come directly at us. When he accuses, he's accusing God to slander our, to our ears slandering his goodness and his faithfulness. The thing is, many people struggle with worship because they have accepted the enemy's accusations. As in Satan's attack on Eve, the enemy tempts us to doubt God's goodness, so we fall into sin. But Satan also accuses us. But he doesn't do it in the way that you think. He does it through condemnation. After he cons- after he's successfully tempts us to sin, he then says, feel bad. Feel really bad. So, 
I like to put it as simple as possible. So after he tells us, hey, go steal that bottle of water. Yes, your mom said not to have any more water, but go steal that bottle of water. You go over there, you steal that bottle of water. You finish the water, you you got rid of that evidence. You feel good. You feel like you escaped. No one saw you take it. No one saw you drinking it. No one saw you dispose of it. But then, the devil, what does he do? He starts saying, oh, see? See? God ain't gonna forgive you. You a thief. Oh, God ain't gonna forgive you. You're a liar. Oh, God ain't gonna forgive you because you're cunning. He makes you feel bad and then tells you to feel extremely worse. And this is just basically to pull us further away from Christ. Because of our stumbles, many of us don't feel worthy enough to read the Bible. Many of us don't feel worthy enough to go to church. We don't feel worthy enough to pray. And if we don't feel worthy enough to do any of those things, how will we feel worthy enough to serve God? We can't. But the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins so we will draw nearer to Christ. He does not condemn us or push us away. And finally, Satan accuses other people. He continually brings up the failures of others and seeks to draw us into anger, discord, and unforgiveness. Many Christians have left the church because they have listened to his accusations. But I said there are many. This is only one. And I'm not going to get through all of them that I have listed here because it is a lot. It is quite a lot. But that's just one of them. Another one that he uses is deception. Now it's very similar to the accusation tactic. Jesus says that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. You can find that in John 8 verse 44. He lied to Eve about God's word and God's intentions. Since the devil oversees the world system, it is a system built on lies. He lies about what humanity is, what success is, what beauty is, and many other things. Satan lies in order to lead people away from God and his best for their lives. He wants people to think they are an accident of evolution instead of the purposeful creation of God. He wants people to think that something is wrong with them. They are not pretty enough. They're not smart enough. They're not tall enough. They're not tan enough. Hey, maybe you're not even light enough. And there's so many other things that he uses to make them feel inferior. But the thing is, we live in a world full of discouragement and depression. The sad thing is that it's based all on Satan's lies, which we believe. He also deceives people about the word of God. The church is full of false teachings and cults because of Satan's lies. 1 Timothy verse I mean chapter 4 verse 1, I'm sorry, calls these lies doctrines of demons. You can also look at 2 Corinthians 11 14 to 15 where it says, "And no wonder for Satan himself mis Quit, miss, ooh, I'm sorry. Masquerades, there we go. Masquerades as a angel of light. It's not surprising, then it is. It is not surprising, sorry. 
Then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. He and his servants twist God's word, creating false teaching to lead or leading people to doubt the accuracy and inquiry of the word. He ultimately does this to lead people away from believing in Christ, in God altogether. The third, and honestly I'm going to make this the final one because this is actually one of my favorites. So I'm going to leave it off at this one. The devil uses persecution and the fear of persecution... to cause us to run away from Christ. And I said this to um, a friend of mine, and I told him that serving God is like a contract. The only thing is that we renew it daily. Not yearly, not monthly, not weekly. We do it daily. And Christ doesn't say it in fine print. He doesn't say it on the third page of a five-page contract in the middle of a long paragraph that he knows you won't finish. No, he says it from the very beginning. It's actually one of his beatitudes, one of his laws in Matthew. Matthew 5. He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And there it's talking about him. Blessed are those who are persecuted for his sake. Though the devil's favorite tactic is to use deception, he often uses this tactic of persecution. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone or looking to whom he may devour. In many nations around the world, he works to quiet believers or turn them away from God through fear and persecution. He roars so believers will be quiet about their faith. Instead of being the bold witness they are called to be. Christ describes the end times as the time of persecution, the time when many will fall from the faith because of it. And just to backtrack a little bit, because the way I read that might seem that um, we will um, we won't be quiet. But what it's saying is that we will be quiet. Out of fear, we'll be quiet. We'll, we'll stop talking about God and what he is doing. And what he's doing. So, that is the final one. Um, but, like I said, there are so many things that we can do to get to know the enemy. And I, um, recently I did a week of prayer with um, a school um, that does K-8, um, an Adventist school that I actually used to attend. And I let them know. Basically what this thing is saying is that you need to read the Bible to stay prepared. In order to get to know your enemy, you need to read the Bible. And... Here we go. Here we go. We're going to get into standing firm 
by fighting. Now you might be asking yourself, wait, hold on, why are we fighting? What in the world are we fighting? Cream, God says no violence. There is no... Now, I don't agree with a lot of people that say that because God was in the midst when um, David went out there and was killing them people. God was in the midst when um, Saul was out there slaying people. God was in the midst when Moses and the people of Israel took over Jericho and took over the towns after that just so that they could clear it out so that they can claim the promised land. Shoot, he even told them, kill everyone and leave and burn everything. Saul, Saul didn't kill the king and he kept the cattle. So, God has condoned killing, justifiable killings. So we need to go to God. And the fighting here is not killing in that sense anymore. It is verbal fighting. But the, the part that um, we're going to be talking about from the Bible of that same verse, Ephesians 6, 10 to 13, is, you guessed it, the last part. Ephesians 6, verse 13. And it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand now like I said there is more to that text you know what I feel like I I, I feel it you know I'm not I'm not gonna fight it I feel like there's more to say but that's in verse 14 I'm gonna leave it I was gonna read it but I'm gonna leave it all right since we're gonna skip down it says Paul rights of the of the need to stand firm four times in Ephesians 6 however it is it must be remembered that this standing is not a passive defensive stance it is a active and offensive stance if we check out Ephesians 6 verse 17 like I said a little way down and 19 can't forget about 19 it tells us that it says take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth words may begin may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel so let's go the sword was primarily not was not primarily a defensive weapon but an offensive weapon as we share the word of God with others we are on the offense in fact Paul prays for grace in sharing the gospel with others. If you look at verse 19, where it says, Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And here I got some notes, and I want to share them with y'all. But before I share them with you, I shared this when I did the week of prayer too. Oh, God, you were good. I shared it when I did the week of prayer as well. My f One of my favorite texts is when Jesus was being tempted by the devil. The devil told him to turn stone into bread. Do y'all remember that? 
I don't know if y'all remember that, but I can see when you guys leave your comments. I can see a timestamp of when you guys leave a comment on the videos. So right now, before I tell y'all the answer, before I continue, tell me that you've heard that. So, and God watched him in his face. He watched Satan in his face. And he said, for it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, not a few, not two words, not three words, but every word that exceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that's the way that we fight. That's the way I like to look at it. That's the way that we fight. We fight by letting the devil know exactly what's in the Bible. And that's one thing that you got to... Once you wrap your head around the fact that Jesus wasn't preaching nothing new, you realize that... But hey, God was just saying what was in the Old Testament. Come on now, y'all gotta search. I can't be the one searching for y'all and telling y'all about it over this podcast. That's what preachers, that's what pastors do. When they get up there on the sermons, they letting you know what the Bible says and they putting in their own thoughts and all that stuff. Yes, it's good, but you can't just rely on a pastor. You gotta search for yourself. Because God might be trying to tell you something, but you gotta go to the scripture. He's not gonna get the pastor to tell you. Because it's just like the game telephone that we played, that I used to play in elementary school and middle school. And I'm sure y'all used to play it as children too. If y'all are in the older population. <laughs> but, but seriously. By the time it reaches the person that's going to tell the very first person that came up with the message what the message is. Somewhere along the line, translation was lost. And either they say something completely different or or there's one or two words substituted for something. And I'm guilty of it sometimes. I'm guilty of not really wanting to do that. So I'm like, all right, God, I understand what you want. But let me just tweak this a little bit. I think you need a little help. But God don't need your help. He didn't need me when he built this world. When he created the universe. He didn't need me when he was making me. So why do I feel like he need me now? He don't need me. But I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so sorry, y'all. Y'all listening to me rant about... God not really needing us, but let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back. Believers stand firm by fighting. All right, first point. We need to know what we're fighting for. In war, a soldier obviously knows that he's fighting to protect his home. You know, he's fighting to protect his family, his country. And as crazy as it sounds, because he's going into enemy territory, he's fighting for his freedom too. And these are things that motivate him. And it's it's just the same with believers, you know. If we don't know what we're fighting for, then our spiritual lives often become dreary and lifeless. So, to answer your question, what are we fighting for? Just in case you don't know. We're fighting for those that have decided not to follow Christ. And, and as I said earlier, before I got into my... Man shall not live by bread alone. Rant a little bit. We fight offensively by sharing God's word. So we fight in every me. I'm fighting right now. If there's somebody listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, yo, I felt like Medea just now. But anyways, um, if there is somebody listening to the words coming out of my mouth, 
that has not accepted Christ, that has not given a second thought to Christ, that has left the church, that have turned their backs on Christ, I'm fighting. Because I am fighting for this, that person. I'm, help, I'm trying to help them come back to the light. Trying to help them find God. Because it was never God's intention for us to be down this road. For us to be fighting for our freedom. For us to be fighting for a chance at eternal life. Alright. Part number two. We gotta know this war has already been won. But you know what? We still gotta fight. But we gotta fight with Christ's authority. So we're not fighting to win. Cause like I said. We've already won. And I just said that we fighting for those that have lost their way. So to wrap this all up, how can we stand firm against Satan? How do we have the power to stand against Satan? Three things. We become prepared. We start to get that, get to know that enemy, man. Get to know Satan and his tactics. And go out there. Start fighting. Start fighting for what you believe in. Yo, if you have ever seen a movie, bro, and there's, you always, no one here, you always got a protagonist or an antagonist that's kind of feeling, it's most times the protagonist that's feeling down and getting ready to give up on their dreams and stuff. But you always got that one person that come in and be like, if you want it, you got to go for it. Fight for what you believe in. And I believe in God. I believe in what he has done for my life. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fight for that belief. I'm not going down without a fight. All right, y'all. So, I want to thank y'all for listening. I want to thank y'all for everything y'all have done for me so far. And I know we don't do this. Um, Plus, it's something new. Because I don't really like to see like, the typical YouTuber trying to get money or the typical podcaster and stuff. But um, I just opened up this listener support thing. And basically all it is is that you guys donate any some money. Whatever you want. You don't even have to. This is just an announcement to let y'all know that it's out there for y'all. Y'all don't even have to give it a second thought. Y'all could discard everything that I just now said. I'm not talking about the message. I'm talking about this listener support thing. But I'm letting y'all know that it is there. God has impressed it upon my heart to share that with y'all. Alright. So I appreciate y'all for tuning in once again. If you're over there on YouTube, please leave a like. Leave a comment if this was helpful. Hey, maybe even come back in a few years and tell me how that, how your fight has been. And lastly, lastly, subscribe. <laughs> I know, right? You were probably thinking, he gonna say something profound. Nah, fam. I'm just saying, subscribe, you know? If you're over there on YouTube, subscribe. If you're over here on Spotify, like I'm always on Spotify, hey, follow. If you're over there on um, Apple Podcasts, follow. Google Podcasts, follow. And for all y'all, turn on notifications. Because God is doing some great work. Hey, man. God is doing a great work. He doing it in me. He doing it in you. He doing it in everybody. 
And for those of those of us that he isn't doing the great work in, let me tell you something. He's not doing it in you as of yet because you got to let him in. And that's another thing that the enemy does. He pushes himself on you. You didn't hear me. I said he pushes himself on you. Now, God, he the opposite. He does not inflict himself upon you. He waits for you to understand that you need him. He waits for you to realize that you need him. And when you give him that okay to come in, do some do some spring cleaning, yo, he coming in. He coming in with a whole gang. He gonna clean. In a word of advice, because for years I I tried to do this. Let him let him have unrestricted access. Now I'm telling y'all, it's not gonna be easy. Cause we all got our secrets. We got all the we all got those things that we want to hide from the world. But once you realize that you can't hide nothing from God, you might as well let him clean it out. Cause he already know. He just wants to share it with you, man. He just wants you to let go of your past. And that's something that I'm struggling with too. Now, I wasn't no bad person, but like, I, I ain't believe the way I believe. I wasn't fighting the way that I'm fighting now. And I'm still not where I ought to be. Where, I, <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. Oh, mom, you rubbing off on me if you're listening. Um, but yeah. Yo, we gonna be great, man. We gonna be great. In heaven, heaven gonna be full. Full. With each and every one of us. Well, let me not say it will be. That's what I want it to be. I want it to be that full. And that's what God's wanting it to be. He didn't even want us to. He didn't want us to be down here. Shoot, this was not the original plan. The OG plan was not this plan. The OG plan was to live in the Garden of Eden. Hanging out. Dapping up the angels. Sleeping with lions. Playing with tigers. Racing cheetahs. Yo, we weren't even supposed to be eating meat. Yo, that chicken, that fish, that lamb. Yo, I'm talking to myself about that lamb right there and that chicken. But it wasn't the OG. Yo, if you look at Daniel, Daniel ate fruits, grains, and nuts. And to be honest right now, I'm just rambling. And y'all probably tired of hearing me, and, but y'all just want to stick out the video. But, yo... I hope y'all listening to the words that I'm saying though because they for real. So to fight against Satan, we gotta evaluate ourselves first. And I like to say this the Bible is a mirror that shows us how to correct ourselves. It shows us our flaws. Yeah, it calls you out. If you a liar, it says, hey, man, you a liar. It's not going to say exactly word for word. You a lie. You are a liar. No. But down, that's the thing. When you let the Holy Spirit in, when you let Jesus in your life, when you let God in your life, man. Now, I'm talking about the whole. I'm talking about the same person because Trinity, three in one. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Holy Ghost. I mean, God the Son, my bad. Um, they all the same person. But when you let them in your life, man. When you let them in your life, you get this urge when you're reading the Bible that they talking about you. And 
that's something that's been happening with me in the Bible, man. I be getting some crazy, and I'm talking crazy podcast ideas from the Bible. I just be reading something random, or my my Bible's a study Bible, and in the front of it, it has um like this, like this sectioner, like it gives me a topic, like say for faith, it gives me faith, the word faith, and then underneath it, a whole list of scriptures that talk about faith. Yo, and I'd be like, hold up, this would be a great podcast idea. And I write that thing down. Because it ain't coming from nobody except God. Because the devil ain't going to give me that idea. Because he don't want me spending time in the word. If anything, he going to tell me to look at all these business books that I got next to my bed too. Yo, I bought a few the other day and I have not read not a single one. But I plan to eventually. But the devil would rather me reading a business book. Or some doing some schoolwork than reading God's word. So it ain't nobody but God giving me the idea for a podcast about himself about him. If it was up to the devil, I would not have this podcast. Alright, y'all. So enough of me rambling. Like I said, if you're over there on YouTube, leave a comment. I hope y'all gained something from this. And I hope y'all subscribe, follow, and um, like I also said, there's a listener support thing where y'all basically do donations. It's free. It's open. It's open now. So I would hope and pray that God will lead your life. Like I said, you're not obligated to do anything when it comes to this podcast but know that when you do if you do what not even if when you do because God always leads in the right direction when you do let God lead you're going to be alright and he got you so don't worry about it don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. All right, y'all. Peace out. I'll see y'all next week for another episode on the Christian Universe Podcast. Signing off for now. And remember, let God lead.